guest. Welcome to the NBA panel. Today I'm joined by Boston Our Heart Radio Sports Director Adam Kaufman. Adam, what's going on? Hey, how are you, John? Everything is good. Thanks for joining me. Think some of your biggest cousins. We got you working over there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a busy time, but you know what? There's there's always time for stuff like this. Definitely, definitely. Um, the Celtics, they're right in the mix at four and three. Um, this season, this early season has been a, a season of I could say change because people are bringing back players that were injured. Also, the only teams really separating themselves right now are like the Cavs and the Phoenix and Milwaukee. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there aren't obviously a, a whole lot of teams that are, you know, really rising above the crop, as you outlined. you you got a whole bunch of teams that are kind of about the same right now. But that's, you know, it's it's early season injuries. It's new coaches in some cases, the right. inconsistencies. It's, you know, the, there were a lot of different factors. Obviously, it's a, a total mess what's going on in, in Brooklyn right now. But you know that, like, they're not going to be two and six forever. The you know the Philadelphia 76ers are are a team that's you know not going to be under 500. Miami's not a team that's going to be under 500. You know Milwaukee's doing what it's doing. Cleveland as well. Toronto is going to be in the conversation. Atlanta maybe. Uh, you know I, I don't have as much confidence maybe in the Hawks as some other people do. The Bulls will find a way to fall off. It just seems like they right. do, and the Celtics <laughs> are going to rise. You know. Uh, once they get Rob Williams back, which, you know, we're, we're still weeks, if not months away from that happening, but once he returns and if everybody else is mostly healthy around him, at the very least healthy for a stretch run into the playoffs, you know, in, in quite a ways from now, then they'll be okay. I'm not worried about Joe Missoula, the interim head coach. I think he's, you know, there are some hiccups, you know, he's learning on the fly how to be an NBA head coach. He'd never, you know, coached above Division Two in college before this opportunity was really kind of thrown in his lap right before the season started, right before training camp right. started. So, right. you know, he's he's adjusting, and his players have more experience than he does. So it's it's a collaborative yeah. effort. He's trying to figure it out. He's He's got to, you know, get his defensive system and rotations kind of a little bit better in place, learn how to call a timeout every once in a while. But, uh, they'll be okay. They will. They'll find a way because they've got talent. And in the NBA, ultimately, that's the most important thing. Right. And with the offseason stuff he's had, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are doing exactly what's needed. They're taking pressure away from what's going on outside of the team and putting it on the floor. And they're both averaging above the season, their career averages, which is what's really needed. For sure. I mean, you're talking about a, you know, two really, really strong NBA talents. You know, Jalen Brown has. Uh, certainly he's been an all-star he has a you know an all-nba ceiling i would say and and jalen brown or jason tatum rather has a you know this this is a guy who's maybe not specifically because as he's outlined winning is the most important thing but he has also said that with winning comes individual accolades and this is a guy who's gunning for an mvp award you know he felt maybe uh and and you can debate deserving or not, but he felt a little dismissed last year based on where he finished in, in the MVP vote, having the finish that he did in the, the second half of the season when the season really got rolling. And out of the gate here, he has been incredible. You know, he's averaging 30 points a game. He's getting eight rebounds a game. He's shooting well. He's, you know, durable as hell. He's probably playing more minutes, he and Jalen Brown for that matter, playing more minutes than you'd like them to because you want them – as fresh as humanly possible come the postseason, which, you know, right now they're kind of going with tighter rotations than I, I think Missoula probably would want to. But part of that, again, is, 
you know, not having Rob Williams and a couple other guys sort of being in and out of the lineup and trying to keep the wear and tear off of Al Horford. So your best right. players are having to be your best players, and those are obviously Tatum and Brown, and, and that's going to continue. They are, uh, you know, elite young men who have not even entered their NBA primes yet based upon when guys in this league generally really take off. You know, they're still in their young young to mid-20s, so they've they've got bright futures ahead of them, and and uh, it's just honestly, it's it, it it's a really it's a joy to be able to watch talents like theirs on a daily basis. It definitely is. Um, Jason Tatum, I think the whole Celtics team has a lot of has a chip on their shoulder from last season. I mean, they made the NBA Finals, and we all know once you get there, they'll take advantage of it. But I think that's going to be a learning tool and get them fired to push through the season because Jason Tatum took a little flat for his performance in the Finals, even though we did boil out. Yeah, he uh, obviously he didn't finish great. Uh, he had a, a really strong postseason, but there were there were hiccups. You know, turning the ball over a hundred times in the playoffs you know, had never been done before. That's not what you're right. looking for, obviously, from your best player. But uh, he, I think, what you said is is true. I think there's a lot of not that you want to lose, obviously, in the championship round. Everybody wants to win. Nobody wants to feel that pain and you know lock themselves in inside their houses for days at a time before sort of reemerging into the world, but there is value in learning kind of how that feels, if you know what I mean. Like, it's, it's right. one thing to get knocked out in the Eastern Conference Finals, as he had been multiple times before, but, you know, you don't, you're, you're still short. You know, you get knocked out a round shy of the championship, and you don't really know what sort of that next level is like to reach the NBA finals, to finish within two games of a championship, to know that you are one of the reasons specifically in that round that your team did not finish on top. That's motivating. It's a wake up call. It, it, right. it makes you hungrier than, than probably you could ever imagine having been before because you've been there, man. Like you, you got to the top of the mountain, but you just weren't the one who was able to plant the flag. And so I, I think that's, it's that extra little bit that's going to push them over the top. And now, you know, now they really know what it is that they're chasing. Before they thought they knew, but now they actually know because they've been there. They've been right up against it. Right. Um, the Celtics are obviously moving on to past the situation that happened over the summer. Um, how much do you think that helps Joe Missoula get comfortable in his position to do a better job, knowing, knowing that, the, that he has his back? Well, I think that... You know, obviously there's still some stuff to be cleaned up. Like, you, right. you don't necessarily want two of your better players in, in Jalen and Marcus Smart talking about how they, you know, even now they still thought that Ime Odoka was going to return at some point and they wish he was here. And that's, you know, it, it's it's truly, I believe them when they say it's not, but it could be taken as a, you know, lack of vote of confidence in Joe Missoula or, or you know, preferring that somebody else was your head coach. And I think that he has had to be, really sort of understanding of all <clears throat> pardon me all of that and the uh, transition that everybody is sort of going through not just on the floor but mentally and emotionally and they're right. you know they are figuring that out it takes time you know we're talking about a team that's only 7 games into you know an, an 80 game season so you you right. got you got quite a ways to go and a lot of time to sort of all get on the same page and figure it out but i you know Missoula is a bright young guy. He's a uh, you know obviously a uh, you know has all the confidence from 
from the front office, Brad Stevens. You know, players have known him for years because while he wasn't the head coach, he was an assistant, so he was on the bench, he was in the room. You know, they've already forged relationships. He's not just a guy that walked in from from the outside into this world and he's trying to gain everybody's trust. You know, that's already in place. It's just what they need to figure out is, okay, how good a, a coach is he? But it's important to remember that he has been, and, and this is not new, he has been viewed as one of the rising young stars on the coaching ranks. He was a finalist for the job in Utah this offseason right. and, and finished runner-up to you know his old co-worker, Will Hardy, who also came from Boston and, and wound up being the one to get that job. And you know we're seeing now what, what Utah's doing, <laughs> even while Danny Ainge is actively trying to tank so it's yes. uh, you know, it's it's pretty remarkable. So uh, you know, I I think it'll be a fun season to watch, but but there are going to be some bumps in the road, and and we're seeing that right now. Yes, I always say this about the, the current Utah squad. I don't think Benny Ainge expected this, but he has a team full of starters on other teams put together. So that's a lot of talent, and they're young and they have fresh legs, and they'd like to get up and run. So yeah, absolutely. All season, the end season headlines have basically been overwhelming to play on the floor that we all love to see. I mean, from Durant's trade request to the Miles Bridges, recent Kyrie, of course, in the Udoka home. What do you think all these off-season headlines are happening? Because a lot well, of people forget. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say it's the NBA's worst nightmare, right? I mean, this, this is what exactly what you don't want as a league. You know, you, you don't right. – every, every day you're getting, like, these, you know, push notifications on Twitter on your phone from – you know, Shams or from Woj or from whomever else, and it's not like, you know, so-and-so has been traded or so, you know, James Harden's injured or whatever. It's like you said, it's Miles Bridges' legal drama. It's Kyrie getting suspended for potentially being, you know, an, an anti-Semite yeah. and refusing to, you know, at least in front of a microphone, apologize for it. Right. Uh, Ime Odoka and, and, you know, his off-the-court you know workplace, uh, right. you know, scandal that's that went on in Boston and is now, you know, in, in some ways going to follow him to Brooklyn, obviously. And it's like, yeah. what happened to, like, so-and-so's on the hot seat? Like, what happened to, like, regular <laughs> NBA news? Not, you know, not this kind of real-world stuff that uh, a, a lot of fans would, would prefer they, uh, you know, weren't constantly reading about and, and more so wasn't even happening in the first place. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I just don't want to see this. Um, Jalen Brown, as I said earlier, he's performing above his career average. What do you think the, um, the trade rumors over the summer when, when the Rams' name was thrown around will affect him? So I think he's on a mission also. I think, you know, you're kind of to some degree seeing how it affects him, which is it's it's motivating, right? I mean, he's, he's out there having a, a really strong start to the year. He's averaging – uh, twenty six seven and three right now. He's you know uh, again like I mentioned with Jason Tatum. He's playing big minutes. He's uh, going out there and he's he's shooting reasonably well. Uh, you know really well overall from the field. The three point you know is is not quite where you want it to be, but um, still you you know what his what his potential is and and he'll get hot. He'll go on a run. He always does. And so it's. You know, I think he's looking to remind everybody who he is and that, you know, if the Celtics went out and won the NBA Finals, he in all likelihood would have been Finals MVP. You know, he was their best player in that series. So it's like, you know, hey, man, like you, you've you've reportedly anyway attached me in trade rumors over the years to Kawhi Leonard, to Anthony Davis, most recently, obviously, as you mentioned, to Kevin Durant. Like, you know, 
put some respect on my freaking name. Like, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a pre- I'm a pretty good ball player here and and you're going to be giving me a max contract or at least offering it to me when, you know, when the season's up. So let's, you know, let's remember exactly what I'm capable of bringing you. And so, you know, I I think that that's one side of it. The other side is he does realize it's a business and that that's uh, right is always going to be a factor, but you sort of walk that line as, not that I can personally relate, but as a professional athlete, I think you walk that line between, okay, this is a business, and, and you know, there are just certain things that I would not prefer that come along with it, uh, but the flip side is you're proving yourself or attempting to prove yourself on a daily basis. The Soldiers made a couple great pickups over the summer, the ones I heard, of course, Danilo Gallinari. Um, he may or may not return, depending on, by the trade deadline, what happens or whatever. But um, I think he would have been a great addition to spread the floor because he will know he, he can create his own shot within the paint and he can be a consistent three-point shooter. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we'll see Gallinari this year in all likelihood, uh, just not, not because, you know, he's going to get traded away or something, although I guess it's possible, uh, you know, they would trade away an injured player. I just think that um, – you know, you're you're asking a lot for a guy to return from a torn ACL inside 12 months and to be honestly playable, right? To be to be right. to to be a guy that you are going to want on the floor as as you're down the stretch of the season and fighting for seeding and the playoffs are coming. Like I, just, even though he's a veteran, we know what he's capable of when he's healthy. I just don't see him right. being at 100 percent health. So I, I don't think we're probably going to see him this year. Uh, so could they make a move, or is you know? Sam Hauser internally and the addition of Blake Griffin and, you know, right. what, whatever else, like, is that going to be it? Are they going to use the other TPEs that they have? Cause they have a couple of those that expire mid season. You know, we'll see, obviously it, it, it remains to be seen. I, I think the, the big pickup that is making a difference and that will continue to make a difference, obviously is Malcolm Brockton, who uh, has been strong defensively, sort of still learning their scheme, but you know, we, we know obviously how good he's been and, in previous stops with the Bucks and the Pacers, and, and a veteran and selfless and winning is first and foremost. He doesn't care about averaging 20 anymore. He doesn't care about starting anymore. He doesn't care about, you know, X number of minutes. Like, get me a ring. Like, let me hoist the right. Larry O'Brien <laughs> trophy. That's what, that's what he's after. And I, have, right. I just – usually you see that from guys that are, like, 35-plus. To see that from yeah. a guy who's, you know, 30, 31, I, just, I have all the respect in the world for that. Yeah, shout out to Al Horford that made this for the finals last season. I know he wanted to get back there again. <laughs> I know he wants yep. to get back desperately. Absolutely. Desperately. Trying. Definitely. Um, tell us about the great work at um, Our Heart Radio that you do, Boston Our Heart Radio. So I'm the uh, sports director at the Boston Cluster for iHeart Radio, so that uh, includes WBZ, it's Kiss 108, it's Jammin 94.5, it's okay. uh, WZLX, uh, um, The Bull, it's RKO, there are a bunch of stations, and uh, so we have, you know, scattered sports content across all of those in, in one way, shape, or form, depending on the station and the format, obviously, but gotcha. uh, it's it's great. I've been there for years and, uh, you know, really enjoying it. Thank you for the good work. Definitely. I appreciate that. Adam, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for joining me. John, thank my pleasure. So Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right, you too. Yes, that was Boston iHeartRadio Sports Director, Adam Kaufman. Thanks for joining me. Catch you next time.